up, everybody? Welcome back to PG Sports Podcast. Right, we're going back to back again. My special guest today is Aaron Burrell. And we're going to talk about his soccer career. We're going to talk about working in sports. Talk about all that good stuff. Whoa. Talk about all that good stuff. Let's try this again. Good. Clear now. All right, good. See you updated. Yeah, I think I think people I think people are just I think I think so many people are just using Instagram live. Bro, I don't know what happened yesterday, but it said I won an hour thirty with Mike Kimball, and I, I'm pretty sure I didn't. But the video was an hour and thirty minutes because you can't you're not supposed to be able to go past an hour. That's true. So it's live with Mike Kimball. Wow. <laughs> you on Mike Kimball now? Oh, what the hell? I copy and paste it. <laughs> Oh my God! Unbelievable! Shout out to my Kimball. Shout out to Kimball the Savage. What uh? So what? What have you been up to during the quarantine in Florida? Uh, honestly, just been like working out a lot. Uh, trying to like run a lot just because the weather is nice. Um, that I travel often. If you need any uh travel advice, holler at them. Um, but. Honestly, just been working out, reading a lot, uh, trying to pick up on some new skills, get ready for when things uh, open back up there. I did one or two episodes uh, with, uh, you know, the podcast I do for Believe Podcast Networks on uh, two MLS teams in New York, NYCFC and uh, New York Red Bulls. So just been trying to work, uh, stay busy where I can, you know, do whatever I can do. Just keep busy, not go crazy, and just being locked inside all day, so... Hasn't been too bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, me, you, and uh, Jason last week got to do the uh, last dance review. So that was uh, a little That's different. Right. Doing that. Uh, definitely staying up to date on the Jordan reviews. We got, we got, uh, we got, we got, we got Jason some uh, reps. <laughs> <laughs> little reps in this media thing. You know what I'm saying? More reps. Yeah, what it, nah, the MJ, what do you, what, what, yeah, huh. so I was going to say, what, what's your overall take on it so far? Uh, I think it's interesting because, I mean, we, like, I was too young to really know, like, the ins and outs of what was going on uh, through, like, the Jordan years. I mean, towards the end of his, like, towards the end of from, like, 97, 98, those seasons was kind of like when I started watching basketball. So, like, obviously, I knew who Michael Jordan was. Like, obviously, everyone tells you, oh, he's the greatest and, and all that. Like, oh, he's the GOAT, blah, blah, blah. But you don't really understand it, especially at that age. Like, I was less than 10 years old. So, like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, you told me that, but I don't really understand it. So, it's kind of cool to go back and like see all of that stuff. I mean, I've watched some of like the 30 for 30s that they put out on like the bad boy Pistons, stuff like that. But so it's, it's cool to see like Jordan from another, like, or like a deeper look at Michael Jordan is, has been dope for me to see just like his drive, his determination. And just like, I don't know, his just ruthless competitiveness. Like <laughs> this dude, <laughs> like, he, I don't know. I, I like it to an extent. Because, like, I have played with other athletes who have, like, a similar drive of competitiveness. Obviously, they weren't Michael Jordan level of, like, talent. But uh, it definitely, like, in the moment can be a lot if you're not that type of person. Uh, but then you look back on it and you're like, all right, they definitely were actually pushing me to become mm. a better athlete, become just, like, better overall. Just, like, holding a higher standard for yourself is is definitely something that, like, I look back on, like, for example, like Marcelo Castro, who we played, like who I played with at Sacred Heart, 
like I feel like he had that Jordan level of competitiveness and because he was a defender and I was a forward, like we used to have like battles back and forth in practice all the time. Like very physical battles to the point where like by the time I got to games, like it didn't matter what anyone was doing. I tried to like get in my head. I was used to it. You know what I mean? Like I had gone against probably one of the best competitors in the Northeast at that time. So it definitely helps mm-hmm. and uh but it definitely can get exhausting. Like I, I haven't been a teammate of somebody who has like that extreme level of competitiveness that definitely can get tiring quick but looking back on it 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 definitely pushes you to be a lot better like a lot better because if you're not you're gonna hear yeah what's up brian what's up lauren what's up justin um what uh so yeah is there any yeah so going well since you brought that up has there been have you ever had a teammate where you were just like yeah you gotta like chill out like they're going too Um, hard Uh, let me see. When I was a freshman in high school, uh, the first high school I went to, Jesuit High School, we were like, a, like a national, it's like a national powerhouse for uh, boys soccer. Uh, like a few years before I got there, they had won the national championship. And like, when I got there, I must have played with at least 10 to 15, probably like at least D1 to D2 players um, in just my time alone. And when I was a freshman, they were like, oh, freshmen don't don't play with the varsity don't even think about trying out like it's not it's not a thing but uh some of the older players from like my club team were at the school and they knew about me just from like uh being one of the better players on my team so they were like yo come like they told the coach like nah he he doesn't need to like be over there with the jv it's a waste of his time and i went over to like play with them the first time and like some of the defenders like who are a little bit older than me who didn't know me definitely kind of thought like all right who's this arrogant freshman who's like coming over here thinking like you know, he could play with us or whatever. And I just remember, like, the first full field scrimmage we had, I kind of, like, I, I didn't really mean to embarrass this dude, but, like, he just kind of rushed in on me. And, like, it was, the, the like, the only option to get out of it was an, an option that kind of embarrassed him. Like, the way I just turned on him, like, he just kind of rushed in. And I, I knew he was coming. Like, I could just hear him coming. And I kind of, like, let the ball roll through my legs, and I just turned it, like, ran past it. And so he ran straight past the ball and past me. And, like, maybe five seconds later he caught back up and i'll never forget the kick like he gave me bro. like this like he hit me so hard I, like it's one of the things that you just never forget it and i was like all right like people like they might even be your own teammate and like that whole year every chance he got like he was he was hitting me and then when i got to college it was the same thing uh when i was a freshman marcelo like i'll never forget it we used to train and like the the field we played on had the rubber track around it <laughs> and uh for the upgrades yeah they upgraded now but like the full full field scrimmage we had, uh, I just remember similar thing. Like he just kind of he didn't really know how like fast I was, so he kind of put put himself in a position where I was like, all right, like I can kind of push it, and it's a foot race between me and this dude right now. And uh, me and uh, Marcelo were like racing after this ball, and Ward's uh, <laughs> in here now. Uh, but anyway, so we we get in this foot race, and he like I mean absolutely threw me onto the track. Like he threw me off the field onto the track. And that was probably the first time I was like, all right, like I'm in college now. Like this is, this is another step up, but Marcelo definitely would be the teammate. I'd say like, used to be like, all right, bro, sometimes I need you to chill out because we got a game tomorrow. And like you for real might make sure I don't play tomorrow because you're going that hard on me today. Uh, so I'll say him, but at the end of the day, when I look back on it now, I do think about, think about it and I'm like, all right, he definitely made me a much better player. Um, so. Yeah. Young, yeah. young AB, just a savage as a freshman, uh, as a high schooler and a 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know. Kyle's I feel like you need to end one next Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried. I tried. I don't know. I feel like part of it was just like I, I always never like I never was afraid of a player. So like no matter who they were, I was never really like afraid of them. Obviously, I respected everybody I played against. Like I was never going into it like um, I, was, I was definitely like somebody who respected everybody I played against, but I never was afraid of anybody. So yeah, what about always, what about when you were a freshman in, in college? Were you like, uh, oh crap, like these dudes are big? Yeah, like, our team bigger, was freshman. like grown. <laughs> yeah, our, our team was our team was especially like a large team. Like we were definitely. Like, Bortz will, will definitely tell you, like, the minute we used to come out to practice, like, these dudes used to just, I don't know, like, you just, they take their shirts off and just, I don't know, be trying to flex how, like, large they were. But like, it, would, it would just be, like, an intimidation thing. But that was definitely, like, a wake-up call. Because in Florida, like, we don't play soccer as physical as they do in the Northeast. It's a little bit more, like, based on, like, it's, you, first of all, you can't play as physical just because it's so hot. Like, you can't, the tempo of the game is a little bit slower. Because if you play at that tempo, What's that, boss? You just can't play at that level of, uh, of physicality and just like tempo. So it took me some time to get used to like the just tempo of, of playing up there and also just like how much more people hit. Like, I don't know. But it definitely was like an interesting transition because like in Florida, we have so many good players. And I, I used to personally sleep on players who were in like the Northeast. Uh, I used to always just be like, all right, good players really only come from like. You, good players only come from like Texas, California, or Florida, in my opinion. Like, and I was wrong about that. Like, I was definitely very wrong about that. So, like, I had to learn that the hard way. That was probably me getting into like a little bit of Aryan territory. But, you know, you learn those lessons and like you, you, you like grow from it. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> they get they got messed up. Oh, so yeah, actually, so the kid that I just interviewed uh, from Canada, he was saying. He just played in the U.S. and he kind of just said the same thing because he was playing New Jersey and he was like, "Yeah, they're way more like physical there than like in Canada." Yeah, I don't know what it's, it is. I mean, it's kind of just like the hard, hard nosed mentality of like people yeah, you're Northeast beast. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna go that far. Mm. I mean, there definitely are like a lot of talented players, but it definitely was like a, a an adjustment period because I, I had never really played that many teams from the Northeast. Like some teams would come down here and play tournaments. But for the most part, we didn't really play teams from, like, the Northeast. We would play more so, like, Texas teams or California teams if, like, we were going to tournaments or teams from other parts of the South. So it was definitely, like, interesting get going up north, like, to an entire new style of play, entire new, uh, I don't know, just, like, mentality, really. It toughens, it toughens you up quick. Yeah, what was, um, what was your uh, recruiting process like? Why'd you pick shoe? Uh... So mine was like real interesting because, like I said, I transferred schools my senior year. Um, so a lot of schools who were like kind of interested before, like kind of backed out because they were just, I don't know, maybe afraid or uh, whatever their reason may be. Uh, so it came down real late for me. Like she was a last, last minute decision. Um, I thought that at one point I was going to go to Jacksonville University in Florida and like I, Jacksonville? I, yeah, I was like real set on it. I thought it was going to be the best decision, but my mom kept being like, you know, you need to check out Sacred Heart. Like you need to like actually go up there and see. And I had an aunt who lived in Queens and she was kind of telling me the same thing. But like, I really did not want to go at all. Like, as a matter of fact, I had a track meet. We were in the regional round of like 
our state tournament. So like in Florida, in any sport, like you go districts, you got to win your district, then you got to win your region, then you get to states. So we were in the regional finals in like Naples, which is like two hours south of Tampa. So like, meanwhile, I know the whole time, like I have a flight to say to, to New York, so I could go visit Sacred Heart. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna go. So we had to go on a Friday night and I like snuck on the bus to go to the track meet instead. <laughs> and like my parents were heated because they were like, why didn't you come home? Like they were looking for me and stuff like that, expecting me to come home. They ended up coming down to Naples and we ended up driving straight to, uh, to the airport from the track meet. So I ended up missing out. I ended up having a scratch out of like, I think I was supposed to do the triple jump. And like, I was favored to go to state, but like they ended up pulling me from it. And we're like, no, you're going to take heart. Like you need to stop playing with your future. And like, thankfully I ended up going, you know, things ended up working out and then Sacred Heart. Like when I went, I was like, all right, give it a chance. If I don't like it, I could always transfer back to Florida, uh, to a school in Florida or somewhere back down South and still living in Connecticut to this day. So things work out. What's up, Mustafa? <laughs> we got, we got Carl. Why did I train? Uh, basically, me and a teacher had a few disputes, like regarding schoolwork, and it got to a point where, like, the school had like a very serious meeting with us, and then after, like, pretty much after that meeting, I kind of uh, just felt like it wasn't really the place for me any longer, and I went to a school that definitely was Tampa Prep. Shout out to them. Uh, end up winning state championship. Yeah, let's say. Hey, you won the state championship last year. You didn't win the previous years, right? No, I came close. My sophomore year, we lost in the state semifinal. Uh, my junior year, we lost in the regional final. As a matter of fact, uh, Ben Sweat, who's now on Inter Miami, pretty much knocked us out my uh, my junior year himself. Like, I'm pretty sure he went off. He had like a goal and an assist. I was just cooking everybody the whole game. Uh, and then my senior year, like, wanted it. Like, it was, it was so close. Like, we had you know, we had come so close. My fr I'm sorry, my freshman year too, we had lost in the state semifinals. So two years back-to-back -back state semifinals and then regional finals. Like I had come so close, I was like determined to get one. And then uh, my senior year, we ended up winning it, finishing in the top 20 uh, nationally. So that was real. Gotcha. Oh, I, I know I asked you this before, but I forgot the answer. Was it when you came to Connecticut, was that the first time you like you seen snow? I had seen it one time prior. Like I, I visited my aunt in New York one Christmas when I was like 12, I want to say, 12 or 13. So I'd seen it once. Yeah. But like when I was at Sacred Heart, as a matter of fact, they were talking to me and like some of the school administrators were like, oh, you know, it's from Florida. Uh, you're from Florida. Like it's, it's not too like, they're like, you'll be able to deal with the winter. And I was like, yeah, Florida gets kind of cold. Like I thought, I know, <laughs> my head was thinking like, like, I don't know, we get frost on the ground sometimes in Tampa. Like, I was like, all right, how much worse can snow be? But, yeah, I definitely learned for sure. Rude real awakening. Quick. Rude yeah, awakening. Real quick that, like, it's a whole... Remember the year, uh, I think it was our, I think it was junior year when we had the blizzard, or, like, I don't even know what the hell, the snow, the crazy snowstorm, we were, like, stuck. We are stuck inside. Right. The Yo, I, went, I looked outside my, because uh, I was living at, like, the townhouses, Parkridge, yeah. and I looked out my, uh, my, my window, because I was on the first floor. And my entire car was just covered in snow, like to the tip of my car was covered in snow. Where I really had to send that picture, like everybody I knew in Florida, and everyone was just like, "Bro, <laughs> how are you living up there right now?" <laughs> that, oh, that, was, that was crazy. Uh, getting used to winter was—I was sick my whole freshman year. I feel like, and like pretty much once the temperature dropped under forty degrees, I was like, "I'm good on going outside." 
I'm good on anything that has me leaving this room. So probably to my own detriment, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> what, what was your what was your overall experience like at uh, Sacred Heart and on, on the field and off the field? Uh, on the field, it was a good experience. Uh, definitely had like a lot of ups and downs, but I would say that the ups and downs like I had on the field at Sacred Heart have like helped me in my like career after sports. Um, like dealing with my coach had like very strong personalities and I feel like his, like he was very much like his way and I was very much like in my own way. And sometimes I stood in my own way a lot, actually, like just being the person that I am. Like if, if I have a connection with the coach, like no matter what they say or do to me, like I'll accept what they're saying, but I never necessarily had that connection with my coach. So even times when he was looking out for me, like I just looked at it as like, who is this dude? Like me. We don't have that connection. So I would be like self-sabotaging at times. But also there were times where like, you know, he definitely was taking chances on me. And, you know, I would hope that he would say that like, I definitely like paid that back in full. But, you know, it, it definitely taught me a lot because like I had to work a lot harder and like he definitely didn't set like, I always was like a person who got like away with just being like a talented player and not necessarily like always working the hardest. So when I got to college, like all of a sudden that changed, like, cause now everyone around you is talented and you have a coach who's like, the talent part isn't impressing me alone. Like I need, I need work from you. So that part definitely was like something that was much needed. You know, I needed like that part to just mature as a person. So off the field, Sacred Heart was real cool. I definitely had a good time uh, at Sacred Heart. I feel like, I don't know, Connecticut, Sacred Heart in general is full of kids from like Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, and then like there's a few other states that are scattered in there. Um, and so to me, just like, I had never really been around people like that. So like the whole, just like, I don't know, the whole like Guido mentality that was going on back then, like not Guido mentality, yeah, but like the Guido That was lifestyle. when Jersey Shore, I think was still a lot, like on, right? Yeah, yeah Jersey, Jersey Shore was a thing. Yeah. Like, trust me, boards will tell you, like we used to have people over, like they used to come over and like, cause we had a big TV in our room. So they would come watch Jersey Shore. And I was like, bro, some of y'all yeah. really live this life. Like, some of y'all watching this laughing at this, but, like, that's how I look at some of y'all. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it, was definitely, it was definitely a real, like, it was definitely a real change just getting used to, like, northern people. Like, everyone's pace. People move faster. Like, they don't have patience. Like, I'll be walking down, like, the hallway at Sacred Heart and somebody will look at you. Like, in Florida, you say hello. Like, if you don't say hello, people look at you like you're rude. Or, like, they're just, like, I don't know, like, there are certain blocks, like, you walk down somebody's block and you don't say hello to them, like, and you walk back past them, they really are going to be like, uh, they're going to look at you kind of funny. So, I would get up there and I would say hello to everybody and people would just kind of look at me like, what does this dude want from me? And I'm like, nothing, bro, it's just, I don't know, manners, I guess, some of y'all never got taught, but I had to realize it's just a cultural thing, like, there's just too many people in a small area for you to be saying hello to everybody. Yeah, we ain't saying hello <laughs> Yo, actually, I don't even remember how. Do you remember? Oh yeah, I guess I can't remember like how we first met. But, I, mean, I really don't remember. I just remember second semester, my freshman year. You used to just come kick it with us all the time, and I was like, "All right, yeah, cool." He just show up and just kick it. I was like, "All right, what's up?" Mustafa said, "Bro, I was coming from Egypt, and I still survived the snow." <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse. Than, yeah, that's even worse than uh, Florida because Egypt is definitely hotter. But yeah. Renee said, Phil, you going to Yukon was an adjustment for me. From I can West imagine her, like from West Virginia to Yukon, like just a whole nother world. Um, but 
I mean, we used to go up to UConn. Like, you know what's funny? As a matter of fact, when I first, like, I remember driving to Sacred Heart the first time, and I saw the UConn-Stanford sign, and I remember thinking, like, oh, UConn is mad close. Like, I'm just going there all the time. And I just found out, like, the actual campus was all the way up in stores. And then I was yeah. like, nah, I can't be, can't be making this trip up there, but UConn is a dope place. Dope place. Um, what about, like, after after college? Um, or actually, well, you went to grad school, obviously, but um, – like, what made you want to become, like, I guess, I don't even know what you want your title to be, I guess, broadcast journalism, you'd say? Yeah, journalist. sports journalist. I'd say probably sports journalist is probably the best title. What made me want to do it? I mean, I always wanted to do it, and I always, like, said from when I was a kid that that was what I was going to do whenever I stopped playing soccer. Like, I wanted to play soccer as long as I could and just see wherever that could take me. And then after that, I always knew, like, all right, uh, you know, sports journalism is something I want to do. So that's part of the reason why Sacred Heart was a good fit for me and, like, what, what I thought because I was like, all right, I knew ESPN was there and, like, always wanted to work there, and I knew NBC Sports was there. I was like, all right, cool. Two, like, the companies, two of the companies in sports media that I like the most are in Connecticut. So if I'm close by, like, maybe I could get an internship while I'm in school. But when you're – like, when I didn't realize how much time being a D1 athlete takes, so I didn't really have any time to apply for internships or to be an intern at a – you know, at one of these companies. So – that's part of the reason I went back to grad school was just to like really get the full experience of being a student, like being able to intern at places. And that was how I got started at NBC. I interned at NBC when I was in grad school. And uh, from there, like it just kind of took off. Like I kept getting one job after the other and kept moving from there. Yeah. What, what What's the transition been like just going from like D1 athlete to like going into the real world? Uh, it was definitely different at first. Like, I don't know, like, there are times when you're an athlete that, like, people just do things for you that, and, like, I definitely was somebody who took advantage of that. Like, all right, if you're going to do it for me, like, <laughs> you're going to do my laundry, like, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> exactly. So, like, getting getting used to that transition was definitely, like, an interesting one. And also, like, working in sports media especially was an interesting transition because there are just people who, like, they have been fans of the sport their whole life, and they may have not been as, like, they may have not been as, like they may have not had the opportunities in sports that like I had or other people who worked there who were also athletes in the past had. So it's always interesting to hear their perspective of sports and like they bring a whole different dynamic of it. Cause sometimes like as a player, when you switch into the media, like there are certain people who can like make that transition seamlessly because they, they know that like, you know, you're not there to just be the player's friend. You're there to like, you're there for the fans, not necessarily the players. You're there to like get a story that the fans like, be able to tell that that athlete's story so that way the fans can get a better un- understanding of who the athlete is. So, like, that definitely took some time because at first I didn't want to interview, like, any soccer players. I was just like, nah, because I feel like I'm going to be just, like, talking to them about – like, I feel like we'd just be talking game. Like, it wouldn't be that much of, like, an actual, like, interview. So, for a while I stayed away from, like, anything soccer-related because I felt like if I had to interview people who were, like – football players, basketball players, you know, hockey players, lacrosse players, anything. I felt like I would have to do my homework and do my research of, like, learning about their sport and stuff like that just to make myself a more, like, well-rounded journalist. So I definitely think that, uh, that like, that transition was, like, needed and, like, it forced me to grow. Like, I, I don't regret, like, learning other sports first because, it, like, it helps me now when I do work in soccer that I approach it with the same mentality instead of just being like, all right, I'm a soccer player. Like I could easily ask him 10 questions in interview about soccer, you know? So 
I definitely feel like the transition was an interesting one though. Like it takes some time. So for any like athlete who is going to make the transition from like playing into sports media, like I would definitely say like understand that there's a there's a weird transition period where you go from being like the person being asked the questions in interviews to asking the questions in interviews. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, even even when I get interviewed now now and I've been asking a lot of questions, I'm like, damn, I don't even know how to answer these anymore. like Gavin done yeah. this in a while. <laughs> Not for real. Like even this right now, like it's it's definitely like it's it's just such a switch up because I'm so used to being a person constantly engaged and like trying to keep the other person engaged. I think, asking questions. I, think I, I used to think it was easier to answer the questions, but now I think it's easier to ask the questions. For sure. I for sure think it's easier to ask the question because like it, you're really just having a conversation. And you're in control of the conversation the whole time. Like when you're being asked the questions, like you're just kind of responding to what's being thrown at you. And, you know, like depending on the skills of the interviewer, like you, you can either get like some very fun questions that make you like engaged or you could just be sitting there like, man, I can't wait for this to end. Yeah. Um, what, oh yeah. What made you um, create my why? And how did you come up with a name? Uh, so the conversation actually came from a conversation with me and Dim. Uh, Robert Dim, founder of Darty Co. Shout out to him. Uh, Billy, as he would like to be called now. Um, but so Dim and I were having a conversation one day when I was in grad school. And we were just talking like this is kind of pre-Players Tribune being started. Mm-hmm. And we were just saying like, I, f- I forget what happened. Like I, he'd come over and I was watching the ESPN or something like that. And I feel like... Um, and I feel like he was, we were watching some interview and it wasn't really that good of an interview. And he was like, bro, I feel like I wish we could like learn more about these players instead of just like some of these generic basic interviews that we constantly see. And then we ended up talking about it and he was like, yo, this thing could be called like my why, like what's the reason that you do what you do? And I thought that was like a dope concept. And I was like, yeah, like, you know what? Like, I have every tool to be able to do that and just put it on YouTube and see where it goes. And I remember he came, actually, either he or you came with, like, the first person. You were like, yo, I got somebody that you can interview. And I was just looking for, like, local athletes to get started on. And I want to say either the first athlete we did was this athlete, Gabby Prisco, uh, who was a soccer player at West Haven. And, um, and we went out there, and we were just looking to tell somebody's story. Like, why do you do what you do? Like, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes into, like, an athlete's journey that I, feel like, that I felt like people weren't seeing or mm-hmm. athletes weren't being asked. So I just wanted to create like a series that like you could really watch it and get a better understanding for who that person is outside of like the X's and O's of their sport. So that was really how that got started. Gotcha. What's up, uh, Big Willie? He said I substitute talk for him. There we go. That's why it was funny that you just said that. So then he was probably like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> oh, there you go. See what I say? You go come interview me. I got a story to tell. I got you. Yo, got we got to interview. What's his name? So, yo, he's he's going. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Tyler Booker. Oh yeah, he's going crazy on it. IMG. Um, Bro, he got, I don't even know how many offers he got, but every day it's like I feel like he's posting something about it. About a new one. Nah, he's gonna be a treat. Once he went to IMG, I was like, all right. Oh, how? Yeah, how far away is IMG from you? About an hour and a half. We used to play at IMG a lot. Like their facilities are out of this world. If you if you get a chance to visit like one sports academy in this country, I would definitely recommend visiting IMG. Um, yeah. I saw even this past year, um, like pro players are going down just to train down there now. It's it's unbelievable. Like when we were there, we used to play and uh, like on like far courts. They would obviously like block it off, and security would be able to like 
not let you go over there, but like from their soccer fields were right next to their tennis courts. And I remember like Serena and Venus training on like one of their tennis courts. And if you like stood on a hill, you could see them training. And it's just like that for any young athlete has got to be just like, you know, real inspiring. Like if you, first of all, think about it. Like if you're a young athlete who's like hustling and, and trying to get better and stuff like that, and you look over and like the Williams sisters are training 50 feet from you. Like, how does that not make you want to, I don't know, go harder and like get better. So Places like IMG Academy are definitely real dope. I mean, they're expensive as hell if you aren't there on scholarship, but great places to, like, develop and learn your craft and just be away from, like, all the other distractions that come in, like, high school. Because, like, as a high school athlete, obviously there are a thousand and one distractions, but, like, when you're at IMG, it's just, like, it's your sport. You focus on it, and, like, you just, I don't know, get better and try where you got to go. What about after uh, all this coronavirus is over what do you what do you want to, like what other projects do you want to do and get yeah, more well, like just what else you want to do uh after you know coronavirus is done i definitely have i mean i've been working on this project my boy and i've been just creating original music for it uh we have another my why episode coming out uh funny enough renee was in here talking we got that coming out um we, we actually just had a long meeting this morning going over some of the sound we just want to get it real right because i don't know i feel like renee is a, is a goat that people you know, people will definitely hear her story and those who don't know her story already will feel even more like in tune with that. Um, yeah, I think I think it's the best one yet. I, I do too, to be honest. Like, and I know I say that after every one of them, <laughs> but like this one, like just the overall from front to back, I think this one is like by far- It's the definitely the most one. polished. Yeah, sure. it's the most polished one. I think Renee is like such an interesting person. Like she, her personality comes through. And I think you got some exclusives on there. You got some exclusives. Oh, for sure. Like UConn blessed me with some exclusive footage. Um, I'm trying to think who else blessed me with some good footage. Uh, UConn did and uh, the White House. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I got exclusive footage from, well, I mean, it's not exclusive footage, but yeah. I got some good footage of her at the White House, which I think people are like, is, is going to be real dope for people to see like just the interaction of, an athlete when they get to go to the White House, I think that's just something cool that we yeah. haven't had the story to tell before. Yeah, it's actually crazy because now that just reminds me of the MJ doc, and it's just like old videos that people haven't seen in a while or maybe ever. Yeah, and like personally, I love that stuff because like as a fan, like whenever I'm watching, like that's one of the things I love the most about the MJ doc is seeing footage that like I had never seen before. Yeah. And people like like when uh, there was one, I want to say in episode three or maybe it was episode two when the dude came in and was like making fun of Michael Jordan's security team. And, oh, was just yeah, like, yeah. Like, and they were all like talking before the game, having a discussion about the president. And the dude came in and was like making fun of, uh, making fun of them. Like that's, yeah. that's cool stuff to me to see. Just like, just seeing these people being everyday people. Cause like, sometimes you do forget, like, you know, people are so great at what they do that like you forget, like they are everyday people once they're off the court or off the field. Like, so that's why like, personally, I want to keep telling more stories, just getting people to see like, who that person is behind behind the you know when they're off the field who, who they are when they're off the court stuff like that because i don't know too often i feel like we get caught up in who this person is on the field that we forget about like this is a real life person off the field yeah yeah for sure i i'll send you this article complex i think you know 2016 and they had they interviewed the guy with the, uh with the uh the curly hair oh uh, the security yeah. guard yeah. And they're actually like, well, he actually just passed away this year, but he, uh, they were like actually boys. Like he was always friends with them. He traveled together and stuff like that. So it was yeah. cool. Um, yeah, it's cool to see those stories too. Like you, you and I have been on different shoots and like we get a little behind the scenes access to some of the things and we just like see some of the inner workings of that. To me, that's like one of my favorite parts of going on shoots is just seeing like 
the real everyday work and how people are behind the scenes and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we've been lucky enough, like when we've gone on shoots, like we've seen like very dope people interacting with just like everyday people and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we had that clip where remember, uh, Mustafa and well, it was more, it was both of them when they pulled up, but when Mustafa pulled up and everyone just like ran over to him. Yeah. That was crazy. Some of that stuff, if, if like we had some, some of the behind the scenes footage of like some of the shoots that we've been on, I feel like actually, just... yo, I might, my boy might have that. I don't think he ever sent me the videos and he, he got his little camera and he was like filming that day, but I don't know. I don't think I ever seen the footage. I got, we got to see that. We got to <laughs> see that. We got some dope stuff with Mustafa. Uh, hopefully his recovery, you know, like goes well. So that way, like we can start putting it out closer when he gets ready for like the, the draft and stuff like that. But no, like some of the stuff we like, like you said that the Mustafa thing, we went behind the scenes there. Like the first time I went to interview her at his house and I was just like, Yo, it's just crazy. This dude is like the first five-star recruit to ever go to Auburn. And we're just like chilling on his porch, just shooting, like just chopping it up. Like, yeah. That was dope to see. Definitely. Um, what about, um, once again, like after after all this, uh, or actually, no, who who's like one of your, who's let's say, let's say top five, who do you want to like interview? top five I want to interview um I mean I would definitely love to do like a post track either mini documentary on like Usain Bolt just because I feel like he's just I don't know he's 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 the man like he's just a cool dude and like I don't know he's just very the goat like, of Jamaica earth. yeah like he's down exactly he is and he's down to earth he's a fun person like I always like athletes who have like personality and like want to you want to see more of who they are and like they're not afraid to be who they are whether like right or wrong so I'll definitely say Usain Bolt. Um, now that he's here in Tampa, I'd love to get Tom Brady. Uh, not even to necessarily talk about all the stuff he's done with the Patriots. To just talk about like that whole, like I read his Players Tribune article about how he felt like he needed another change. I would love to see like, or like interview him more about that and like talk about that a little bit more. Um, Usain Bolt, Brady. Um, i trying to think other people I would love to interview uh dang, put me on a spot here did you see the? did you see the tag that i tagged uh for the for the post the ig post the story post for me yeah the yeah, location <laughs> or tampa bay gronkineers we gotta stop that tampa bay business uh, like, been in the, we, we love him down here already but we can't we can't be renaming the whole city you, are you getting a brady shirt or jersey or gronk i would definitely get a brady jersey um <laughs> I feel like I'd rather just get, like, I never have been a fan of getting, like, a jersey with somebody's name on the back of it. Because at the end of the day, like, you support the sports team. Like, yes, you support the athletes on the team, but athletes come and go. Uh, not to sound like Jerry Krause, but. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, my God. He, he definitely, like, like I'm a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I kind of wish they made the black jerseys, too. Those ones were fire. Yeah. Um, I wish also we had just, like, a creamsicle one. like a, yeah. I think they're still I'm surprised, yeah. I feel like they're still going to incorporate that somehow the throwback. For sure. For sure they will. Uh, at some point, I feel like they will. But um, I'm trying to think of my other, like, dream athletes. Uh, Usain Bolt, Brady. Soccer? Uh, yeah, I would love to interview, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of somebody soccer-wise. Jaden Sancho would definitely be one. I feel like he's a cool dude. And he's, like, a young gun. I would interview Mbappe if I could speak French. Um, because I don't think he speaks that good of English, 
Or if I just had a translator. What's up with him? Why is he, why is he trending right now? Because I've seen him on a lot of different stuff. Mbappe? Uh, I don't know. I see the, wait, how young is he? He's like... He's like 21 years old, bro. Oh, so that's crazy. He won the World Cup when he was a teenager. Like, where do you even go from there? Um, yeah, I would say those would probably be my list. I feel like there's somebody I'm forgetting that I'm going to remember after this interview. I'm going to be like, damn, I'm mad I didn't say I would love to interview this person. Um, I love to interview Odell, too. I mean, I know Odell gets a lot of press coverage. I also like interviewing athletes who don't always get a ton of press coverage. Yeah. Um, just because, like, I feel like they're always very appreciative of it. Um, but I would definitely love to interview Odell just because, like, I feel like he constantly gets, like, any, like, I feel like he can't do right or, like, he can't do right in a lot of people's eyes. Like, he's either too emotional, he's not, you know, he's not caring enough, like, things like that. I'd love to interview um, Megan Rapino. I'd love to interview Megan Rapino um, or any of the U.S. Women's National Team players, to be honest. Like, I just feel like they have, like, such an interesting story to tell, like, and and they work so hard and get disrespected constantly. So, love to interview any of them. Yeah. What about um? What was I gonna say? Um. I don't know. I forgot who I was gonna say. I was gonna say somebody that I thought you would want to interview. Any sport you know what sport? Who was I thinking about? No, I don't remember. Um. Oh, we're about like we're about like Warren Sapp. I'd love to interview Warren Sapp. He won the Super Bowl, right? With Tampa Bay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He won it in our ring of honor here in Tampa. Um, Warren Sapp is definitely like an interesting dude, too. Like, he's people, like, I don't know, maybe because he's not so much in the public eye anymore, but like, he's a wild dude. Like, a wild dude. So I'd definitely love to just, like, I don't know, do like a day in the life of Warren Sapp and just kick it with him for a day and just like film, you know, where he takes you around. Like, I don't know, I'd love to do it in Miami, too. Just like see what a day in the life of Warren Sapp is when he's in the 305. Just living his life, he's a legend. What 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 advice would you give, um, like a young person trying to get in the sports media world? I would say just like if you have an idea, don't wait for somebody. Like, I can't tell you the amount of ideas that I have pitched, like, be it at work or to like companies or just looking for like sponsors or something like that. That I've been sitting there waiting on and being like, this idea would be dope, and they were like, I don't believe in it necessarily. And I've seen them become full black, like full blooded shows already. Like the shop, I thought it like with LeBron, like obviously LeBron did not copy my idea, but like I had thought of that idea like when I was in college. Like, yo, I was like, yo, it would be real dope. One day I was sitting at the barbershop and I was like, yo, it'd be real dope to just see like people in this in this setting being interviewed and just talking with each other because like there's some real life conversation that goes on, especially in black barbershops that like people are not necessarily like able to see if you don't go to a black barbershop. But like, nonetheless, like they're just interesting conversations that I feel like people would would like to see. And I was pitching that idea back when I was in college to like people who I knew could maybe have like the funds to get it done. And nobody like people were like, ah, I don't think that would really sell, blah blah. And then obviously, like, I saw it being made on Showtime, and I was like, bruh, this is my idea, and I've had this idea for years, you know. So I mean, it's dope to see it now, and like they're smashing it with at like LeBron and, and Showtime and them. But I would say for any young person trying to get into sports media if you have an idea and you believe in your idea like don't take no for an answer like find a way to do it even if you don't have anybody backing you at first put it out on youtube and like keep it going like there have been numerous people like who have just put things out on youtube for like enough time and built up a following and eventually it gets picked up or they get to do a different version of their show somewhere else like Jesus Samero, you know uh katie nolan at espn 
uh, Issa Rae with HBO, like all of them started off as like digital creators. They just were putting content out online constantly. And then eventually, like when, once they started to get a backing, people were like, okay, maybe they are right about this idea. And then, you know, they are where they are today. So I would definitely say just consistently put out something, consistently just work, hit people up and network. Networking is huge. Uh, sports media is a very small industry and you realize it very quick. Like I've worked with people who like, I never thought would know other people that I've met just in random, yeah. random or something like that. And like, like, oh, you know, so-and-so that's crazy. Me and him used to work on this project umpteen years ago. So like definitely, you know, network and don't burn bridges. Cause I've seen people burn bridges that I'm just like, where you really don't realize it. Like you're making a decision that 20 years from now, you probably will look back on and be like, why was I so stupid? Like, why did I let like my petty emotion get the best of me? You know, like people will do you wrong, like as they will in any industry, but you just got to take it on the chin and keep moving and just like keep moving with in, in your direction. True. Upcoming athletes across on only 5% royalty ideas would be New York. I don't know what he's talking about. Something about soccer, I think. Yeah, maybe. But, I, um, I brought Oh, who's, who's like a journalist that, uh, like, you like their work? Uh, growing up, Stuart Scott was my guy. Like, that's really who I, like, wanted to be like. That's why I wanted to be in sports media was because of Stuart Scott. Like, that was just my guy. Um, now I'd say, like, Scott Van Pelt, I feel like he's just, like, I don't know, a master of, like, hosting a show, controlling it. He's a, he's a great interviewer. I feel like there's nothing that Scott Van Pelt doesn't do extremely well. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised because I didn't have cable when I put on the like the last dance, and I didn't know his I didn't know his version of Sports Center was still on. Like yeah, he's been on for a while, so now, right? Night. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the the reason his show is so late at night is because it gives him the freedom to kind of like be himself a little bit more. Versus yeah. like if he hopped on say the like six p.m. Sports Center, where like you know you have more families watching at that hour, it's like, more of an adult crowd, an adult audience. But uh, Scott Van Pelt is definitely one of them. Uh, I think Kate Nolan is very funny and like creative. I like her show a lot. Um, I would love to do a show similar to what she does and like that it combines a little bit of sports, a little bit of like, you know, comedy and stuff like that. Um, I would definitely say her. Um, I'm trying to think other sports broadcasters that I like a lot right now. Um, as much slack as he gets, Colin Cowherd is, like, very good at what he does. Like, I don't necessarily agree with what he does a lot or what he says a lot of the time. But, like, in terms of just, like, the craft of being able to host a show for that long every day and be able to, like, keep it engaging, like, I have a lot of respect for that. Like I said, I don't like a lot of things he says, and I don't agree with it. But as just a sports journalist, like, I have respect for his craft. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, so the hours are almost up, so I appreciate you coming on. And uh, we'll be talking, obviously. And I, I just realized I forgot, I think I, for, I forgot to change my hat because, like, I, you know, when I do the clips now, it's going to uh, be in the same outfit, you know? Hey, that's fun, bro. I'm not during this quarantine, so good. Send me one because I don't have any hats down here. I didn't even bring anything thinking that I was only going to be here for like a week now. Rough. So well, yeah, you better if y'all want to roast. How bad would you have been if you were stuck in Connecticut, though? I would have been hot, but <laughs> uh, especially because, like, <laughs> my apartment's, like, a decent size, but, like, at least down here, like, I'm, yeah. I got space to, like... Oh, yeah, shoot. and you were close to New York, too, so that was not yeah. good at this time. 
nah, nah, no shot. Like Stanford is probably the like worst spot in Connecticut right now to be. So, I mean, hey, it is what it is. But once I get back, first first shop, I'm first stop I'm pulling up is my barber. I need him to bring me back to life. This is not it. Bro. This is not it. So, everybody oh, start roasting me. You know, it is what it is. But appreciate you having me, man. We'll talk. Yeah, uh, I'll see you.